Slater and Lou on News Radio 600 Kogo. Happy Friday. Padres are ahead of the Mets 3 to nothing early in the game. We'll check in with our friends over at San Diego Sports 760. Uh, and uh, they're live at Fair Play in North Park as it's a big night. First, first game of the postseason, and the Friars are in it and in the lead. So that's always a good thing. And it's a great way to start the weekend, right, Slater? Absolutely. I mean, if we're, if we're going to all die in an Armageddon of nuclear attack, then at least the Padres can win the first of the three games. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, it doesn't feel like, excuse me, it doesn't feel like we're about to die in a nuclear Armageddon. Like, well, it's, we're not, close. it's not like that's the context of the game. Like, hey, everyone, we're all going to die, but let's get one last game in there. Well, if, if anybody, you know, at City Field in New York were reading the paper this morning, then they would well know that the president of the United States certainly feels that we're that close. He was making remarks uh, at a private fundraising event and uh, said that we, we're about as close as we've ever been to nuclear war. The president was speaking off camera at a fundraiser and was quoted as saying, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Then when he was talking about the Russian president, he said, quote, He's not joking when he talks about potential use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons because his military, you might say, is significantly underperforming. President went on to say that uh, he said that the blunt warnings, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use tactical nuclear weapons and not end up in an Armageddon. Okay. Uh, a lot of, it raised a lot of eyebrows because yeah, of what you just said. We got lots yeah, of eyebrows. I mean, is he serious? Is, is this something that I need to be worried about? And why is he telling the fundraising crowd? Why isn't yes. he making this statement in front of the Pentagon? That's very, <laughs> that's very yeah. Why, if it's so serious, why is this not uh, a national address to the American people right now? If, that, if it's that big. All right, we got a lot to do. So I can um, start digging, you know, my air raid shelter. I, I, I want to be like the 50s. I want to start, you know, fortifying that air raid shelter in my backyard and stock it with, you know, beer and cigarettes. Uh, so I want to question the Armageddon word. But first, let, let's dive into the do you feel like this is true like do you feel like we're on the brink of nuclear war and then also do you think we are lou penrose okay so are we talking about putin and his invasion into parts of ukraine is this the reason why I mean, i'm about to go to you know oh Defcon yes 2? yes 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 it's, it's not is there it's not a, China. I mean, is there another thing that i'm not aware of no no are the chinese not, sword no, us no it's are the japanese sword us is anybody else mad at us yeah no it's that russia is losing the war uh, putin's 70 years old he's on his way out he's going to take the world out with him and uh, and we're in the crosshairs. That's what that is. All right. So it seems to me that Russia is winning the war. I, I hear these reports that Russia is uh, flailing and Ukraines are having a good week. But when I look at the map, the C Crimea is completely under Soviet control or Russian control. Uh, the land bridge from Moscow all the way to Crimea is completely under Russian control. And they're pretty much at a stalemate. And like... Ukrainians are, you know, participating in world events. And by the way, the president of Ukraine is still alive. So they haven't decapitated the country. Like, you know, what was the plan when the United States invaded Iraq? Uh, you know, the, did you remember the Colin Powell, then the general, chief of staff, general's famous words on how you win a war? First, first you cut off the head of the snake and then you kill it. You decapitate it and then you kill it. Hmm. And that is the way you win wars. And I noticed that the president of Ukraine does not travel, you know, with 
like a, a a big helmet on, like some of these uh, war correspondents do. No, so like uh, he doesn't feel like, like he's in danger. Like Ben Stiller swings by Kiev, and they hand, they like walk around the streets. Right, of... You could still fly commercial into Kiev. So I don't <laughs> understand, like this idea that we are that the rest of the world is going to wind up embroiled in this Armageddon because of what's happening in Ukraine belies any understanding that I have of previous wars. But uh, the president chose these words and you know my rule words matter so mm -hmm. i'm going to listen to his words and act accordingly okay either he's on to something or he has no idea what he's talking so about. that's a no you don't feel like we're on the brink of nuclear no war. i don't i don't <laughs> not, I, I, I mean from russia no i don't i don't i don't even think i'm very mad at russia <laughs> like i'm not I don't, I'm, I'm not participating in the russia hating i i, I don't understand what so they did a, wrong wait oh wait so you're a you're a putin stooge no, I'm not You're a stooge. Yes, stooge for Putin. This is the Slater and Putin for the stooge commies, show. But I mean, I don't understand. Ukraine isn't and has not been a member of NATO. It has. Wow. Putin would argue that it is aggressive for the West to flirt the idea of Ukraine being part of NATO, and I think that is fair of him to say. Again, I'm not going to root for the commies, but he's acting somewhat rationally to me. Wow, sounds like a real. Sounds like something a stooge would say. <laughs> Do you well, look? I'm a political scientist. I got a you know, poli sci major here. Got to call balls and strikes. No, I totally and, agree. With and you. Ukraine's in his sphere of influence. They're not in our sphere of influence. Most of Western Europe is not in my sphere of influence, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't even understand why I'm still in NATO, uh, for that uh, matter. Yeah, good point. Uh, so, okay, so, now, but but at the I know, but that's the problem, right? If if you if you are analytical about it from the point of view of the aggressor then you are siding with the aggressor yeah yeah i love that Can't western win. europe's not even in my sphere of influence. all right really so now put, put your feelings aside national interest put, over there anymore for me put, put your feelings aside uh do you think we're in risk of nuclear weapons being used always when they use the word that that that, that is a thing i do believe that's a thing when you start using that word uh, there is a risk of misinterpretation, a really strong risk of misinterpretation, particularly when you're talking about politicians who are up for re-election. There's a real risk of misinterpretation. In other words, when Putin hears that Joe Biden went to a fundraiser and said, we are as close to nuclear war with Russia than as we were when we were facing the Cuban Missile Crisis, which I wasn't alive, but I read about it. And I've talked to people who were around politics and worked at the White House, or at least I heard them speak. And there was a real sense that when the Russians moved nukes uh, into Cuba, pointing at Miami, that we were about to go to war. It was it was a real possibility. Yeah, that was not. Uh, let's check in on the Padres Mets game tonight. But that, right. That was right. a very that was like different a big, vibe. big, big deal. Yeah. So but so if Biden's likening where we are now to that, then that's going to send a signal to not just Putin, but to all of Europe. That certainly the United States is getting on war footing, so maybe we should be. Mm, yeah, yeah. So that's right time. because the whole, the, you know, the there is a preemptive strike option always. Yeah, I'm I'm certain that nuclear weapons will be used one day, just because the more you read history, the more you stop believing the phrase "never again." <laughs> it's like like all the people at World War One thought, "Oh, we'll never do this again." This is a couple a couple of years later, and here we just left two forever wars of twenty years. And we're like, oh, we'll never do that again. And we were, we're now we're in Ukraine. It was less than a year later. We weren't yeah. even out of Afghanistan for a year, and we're doing it again. So, right. nuclear and we, we, we're in Ukraine. Uh, th by the way, th yeah, oh, yeah. Th just to make this very clear to everyone, when we give aid, military aid, uh, to a country that's fighting another country, we're in that game. 
we're, we're, we're siding with the country that we're giving military aid to. Sure. We don't have to have boots on the ground and soldiers on the ground. If we're giving them cash that they can go buy our stuff and point it toward Russian forces and firing at them, then we are an aggressor. We're, we're yeah. you know, we, we, we are. I mean, Especially no when the amount of money we've given to Ukraine is almost as much as Russia spends on their national defense in a year. So, like, we're, we're, we're right. very we're, much... We're not just rooting with <laughs> the Ukraine army. We're okay, trying, I got a question. To, we, we are funding the killing of Russian soldiers. There's no I want to do, do something. I want to do something next. Because I've, I've tried to do this before with people, and it, like, doesn't work. <laughs> so let me try with you, Lou. Because I want to question this word Armageddon. Yeah. Because we have these per perceptions... Of, of a nuclear bomb and i think big white light then a whole lot of smoke and then everything's you know uh burnt dead yeah. or then I, i'm sick with radiation cancer yeah and i think people's perceptions are wrong and like armageddon is a big word like like armageddon is I don't know, like, like everyone's dead, like fire and At brimstone. the end of the world, right. Yeah, and it's the end of it. Like literally like nuclear winter, we're all dead, no one survives, right? It's one thing to say, oh, we're on the risk of uh, a couple nuclear bombs being dropped or even like a city being destroyed, if you wanted to say that even to be dramatic. But like Armageddon, like that's, you're just, you're just playing to the crowd there and scaring people un unnecessarily. So I want to come back. I got some numbers here on what nuclear bombs are and how much damage we think they would cause. Um, or I want to know how much you think they would cause, and I'll give you the answer of how much they will actually cause. And we'll do that next on Slater and Russian Stooge here on News Radio 600. <laughs> Hey, Slater and Lou, News Radio 600 Coco Padres up 3 nothing in New York City against the Mets, the bottom of the fourth inning. Two home, home run in the first, home run in the second for the Padres. Um, so uh, Joe Biden says we're all going to die. He said at a fundraiser, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Putin's not joking when he talks about the potential use of tactical nuclear weapons. Uh, I don't think there's any such thing as the ability to easily use a tactical nuclear weapon and not end up with Armageddon. Oh, that is so wildly irresponsible. That is saying that if if Putin uses a tactical nuclear weapon, which we'll explain in a second, then that means pff, it's just going to be Armageddon and well, everyone's just going to die. Well, what he is what he is signaling is that if 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 Putin uses any form of a nuclear weapon, right? Short range, long range, big one, small one, uh then when when the president of the United States says then there's no way that there's no no way to not experience an Armageddon. That means that if you're Putin, you have to interpret that that the United States will strike back. Sure, yeah, because right? I mean, right, Putin that, uses one that, little nuclear weapon. Right, we, we will take away his entire nuclear arsenal with our nuclear weapons. And then right? he's going to launch some more, and then we have end times, and it's like, whoa, whoa. That's and then they not... launch, and they we launch, and they launch their subs, and it becomes like the ending scene in War Games. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't Biden. have to be that way. <laughs> Goodness me. Okay, here's the game, Lou. I've tried this with people before. It never works. I'm going to try it on you. I'm going to see what you think. So I think that, ah, I don't know how to frame this. I think that everyone has this perception that a nuclear bomb is dropped and... And the whole world blows up. America, like, all, let's say all of America is gone. Yeah. It's just like one nuke and America's blown up. Or maybe like a little more reasonably, one nuke and all of California is destroyed. And it's just not that at all. I mean, do you have that perception or do you think that people have that perception? I, I, I think you're right. I think people have that perception. I mean, nuclear power has gotten better 
you know, military power has gotten better than it did in Nagasaki, but that was just one bomb and it leveled Nagasaki. Uh, one bomb leveled Hiroshima. So people look at I mean, that's the only that's the only frame of reference we have. It's the only time we've yeah. ever used a, a, a bomb has been used on a city of people. Everything else has just been out in the middle of the ocean. You see these videos. So, you, All right, so I got it's three, hard. To, to I got three bombs. I got three bombs for you. All right. So if Russia dropped the smallest nuclear bomb that we have, it's 0.3 kilotons. So if they dropped it in the outfield of Petco Park, that's, that's the location I've chosen. I got a map here. I can put it anywhere. We'll put it in the outfield. We're blowing up Petco Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 Putin's a big Mets fan. He's uh, very upset. Well, what the, about the, about other places we can blow up. Why? <laughs> we all know Petco Park. So he drops it in the outfield of Petco Park. So there's different concentric circles of damage. So first you have the fireball, and that, everything's eviscerated. Then outside of that, you have everything's destroyed. And then outside of that, you have... Uh, everyone gets third degree burns and dies. And then the next circle out is everyone gets radiation and pretty much dies within a month because you got so much radiation. And then the next one out is light damage. And then that's it. That's, so there's your blast, right? So it goes out like that. So if they, if we, if they drop the smallest nuclear bomb that we have in the outfield of Petco Park, let's go. How far do you think is destroyed? Oh, like, how many miles around Petco Park? I get yeah, you saying. Is destroyed. So Gone, like, like you've seen Hiroshima, Nagasaki, flattened, gone, done. I'll say How five far? mile radius. Five mile radius. Leveled. Level. It would maybe knock down the buildings just around the ballpark. Really? That, that, and that's what, a three kiloton bomb? A point three. A point three. Smallest one. So less, than, less than one. The uh, third degree burns would go out two block, a two block radius would be third degree burns. And then uh, people getting cancer would be five blocks. So five block radius, people die. Now listen. Wow, we really hyped up these nukes. nukes. I really thought they were, in all the movies I saw, like the entire city of Baltimore was uh, level. That's what I'm getting at. So I'm, I'm thank you, okay? <laughs> if I think, now listen, I'm not saying, oh, no big deal, drop right, a that, nuke. The nuclear bomb was in the container and the guy had the cell, the cell phone was the, uh, uh, was 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 the triggering mechanism? You just dialed the cell phone, and the 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 the, the container blew up, and it leveled the entire city of Baltimore. Yeah, no, like like a block, maybe. All right, so let's do another bomb. Let's go bigger, because that's a small one. Hiroshima, right? The bomb, the, the the bomb we dropped in Hiroshima. So uh, it's bigger, Lou. So how much would be flattened? How big would be flattened if we dropped the same bomb? Because you've seen the pictures of Hiroshima, and Nagasaki. You've seen the pictures, right? We've all. Which must have been. So how big would this be if they dropped the same bomb? Okay, dropped the same, Hiroshima, same, same size Park. bomb as Hiroshima in That's Petco right. Park. That's right. Knowing what I know now that it only goes a couple <laughs> blocks away. So now I'm going to lower down two miles around Petco Park or level. Three blocks. What? <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Three it ended the war. The Japanese were brought to their knees. They were like, "That's it. No way. Uh, there's no. We, we have nothing compared yeah, to that." That's a good point. I wonder if that was because they were like of the landscape. Oh, maybe they're gonna launch. They could do all like a hundred of these, and they've never seen anything like it. So I think it was more like a, like a, just a fear of what could be. I don't know. Well, all right. So let's go one more. I got one more for you. Right, let me uh, type this in here. Uh, so this is uh, the largest nuclear bomb that the Soviets ever had. They put it in, uh, I shouldn't say that, excuse me. The largest nuclear bomb that the Soviets had in Cuba 
during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Biden brought up the Cuban Missile Crisis. I didn't bring it. We didn't bring up the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, so the, the biggest bomb they had in Cuba in 1962. Does that make sense? Got it. Okay. Well, I'm very unimpressed with the power of these bombs. I mean, the Oklahoma City bombing took down half a building in the Murrow Federal Building, and that was just, that was a fertilizer for crying out loud. <laughs> A fertilizer truck could do more damage with Timothy McVeigh than some of these nuclear bombs that we're spending a fortune on at the Department of Defense. (laughs) I love how you brought the uh, economics of it in. All right, here we go. It's called the uh, R-12. Okay, so this is big. This is a big nuclear bomb. So enough of the little little stuff. These were the bombs that were going to come from Cuba and hit the United States in 1963. The biggest of them all. It was uh, the R-12, SS-4, Soviet missile. Right. So how, how much is, the, uh, is destroyed? How much is flattened? So if we drop it in the outfield of Petco Park, how much is flattened? All right. So we've better technology, right? I think Russians spent a, a it's lot way of money bigger. in the 50s. Like, I'll, I'll give you it's, it's way bigger. It's, it's, it's like way bigger than Hiroshima bomb. All yeah. right. Petco Park. Uh, I mean, we haven't gotten very far. So I'm still going to say five mile. Five mile radius, everything's destroyed. Yep. Bear... It's a couple blocks south of uh, Balboa Park. So, like, you haven't even made it to the five. Completely leveled from that bomb. Ten blocks. Ten blocks. Well, listen, not great. I mean, if we came in the next day after this, we'd be like, oh, ten blocks are leveled. But if you – so, and then the the radiation would go to – uh, Third-degree burns goes to uh, Tierra Santa. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Third-degree burns go to Tierra Santa. So that's a lot, right? But... Right, it, it, wouldn't, know, like, it wouldn't have taken out San Diego, right? I live I mean, in Escondido. I don't even know if I know if I know what happened. Like, I don't know. Maybe you'd hear it. See, in all the movies you hear about, that, like the, the bombs took out cities. Single bombs, like, leveled cities, right? And in and, and Red, and Red Dawn. They, they, they took out New York, Washington, D.C., you know, Kansas City. Sure. So I don't know. Listen, maybe, maybe you think Lou and I like have the wrong characterization. Maybe I'm not saying it's good, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm just questioning Armageddon. Just because one tactical nuke was used in a field in Ukraine, like Armageddon? No. <laughs> like, it's fine. Well, see, I, I, see, I think this is, old, this is Cold War language, right? Because we don't, we want to we hyperbolize to make sure nobody even thinks of using nuclear weapon. Uh, but there's certainly thought in the Biden administration that Putin is thinking about using a nuclear weapon. And so he's reaching for a 1972 analogy. Well, I think he's uh, doing it on purpose, too. And we'll talk about why he's doing it, because I think he's... uh... I think he's setting something up here. We'll talk about that. Me do too. I, I do too. We need to talk about this. Is the administration trying to push us into a Cold War position to wag the dog a little bit? Yeah, I think that may be right. His 18th of the year, and the Padres take Scherzer out and grab a 2-0 lead. That was earlier tonight. Padres are just cleaning up in, in, in New York. Uh, right now, they're at the top of the fifth inning. Uh, the Padres are beating the Mets 7 to nothing. An unbelievable what? night. I blinked. Yeah, right. It was six to nothing during the newscast. Seven to nothing now. Wow. Padres over the Mets. Let's go live uh, to North Park and uh, Fair Play. Uh, Jim Russell is there. Can you hear me, Jim? Can you hear me? Or are people just going crazy down there at Fair Play? 
It is absolute craziness at fair play right now. The Padres have opened it up on the Mets, leading 7 nothing, back-to-back home runs. or Not back-to-back home runs, but two home runs in this inning. The three-run homer by Profar. Manny Machado just hit a home run. The bar was chanting MVP for Manny Machado. Everybody was screaming their heads off for that three-run homer by Profar. This place is insane right now, and I, I can only imagine how the rest of San Diego is. How are the uh, how are the sports guys predicting these games right here? We got best of three series. Who's predicted to win this? Well, the Padres are actually the biggest underdog in the entire first round of any game in the postseason. Wow. The Mets are a huge favorite. They won over a hundred games this year. They have Hall of Fame pitchers. Max Scherzer got lit up tonight, but he's going to be a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. So when you think about it. Tonight, the the result right now, Padres leading seven nothing. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Mm. I really don't. I I thought this was going to be a close, tight, low scoring game with the two pitchers on the mound for the Padres and the Mets. But I mean, the Padres have come out and stamped. You know, have made a big impression here to start the postseason. What a what a shot in the arm for the Padres because yeah you're right uh, earlier today there was some trepidation among Padres fans everybody was excited but a little bit nervous no one's nervous yeah. now uh, everyone was saying well you know the Padres I, I I'm I'm I have no problem with with you Darvish but the Padres have got to swing those bats well my goodness seven to nothing over the Mets pitching staff is swinging that bat well here's the thing is if you look deeper into the Padres season. The Padres are a much better road team than they are a home team. It's just it's just how it's been all year. They could not score runs at Petco Park, but on the road, they're one of the best teams in all of baseball. They hit for home runs on the road. They have I, they have one of the best winning percentages on the road in all of baseball. So when you look at it, the Padres they're kind of in their element here, being on the road and underdogs in this game and in this series. They just play better on the road for whatever reason. And you know what? I don't care what the reason is right now. They're yeah. using it to their advantage, and they're up 7 nothing in the game. Jim Russell, live at Fair Play in North Park. Jim, thanks so much. Buy me a blue moon. I'll be down there in about an hour and a half. <laughs> Perfect. I'll, bl- I'll buy you a couple, okay? <laughs> I'll need a couple. Yeah, you got it. That's Jim Russell from uh, San Diego Sports uh, AM 760. Well, that's fun. Now back to nuclear Armageddon talk. Yeah, back to the war. Um, <laughs> so President of the United States said at a fundraiser, it's off mic or else we'd play it for you, but it was reported, but he has uh, confirmed that he had said it, that he said that the uh, we're facing the prospect of nuclear Armageddon. And we've not faced this prospect since the Kennedy-Cuban Missile Crisis. And he said that the, the, the Putin's not joking about the potential use of tactical nuclear weapons. And there's no way that Putin could use tactical nuclear weapons without ending up in Armageddon. Yeah. Which is another way of saying, if Putin uses small-range nuclear weapons in Ukraine or anywhere else, I guess, then we're going to retaliate with nuclear weapons, which is going to result in a full-scale nuclear war. Yeah, that's which not- is kind of like important language, right, Slater? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, that's, not, not, that's, that's, that's serious talk. You shouldn't be fooling around with words like that. No. So I'm not proud of this. But when I first heard this story, which I think you mentioned, it was at a fundraising event, which I think is one of the reasons why I thought this. My first thought was he is saying this and using this language and talking like this in order to unify people because nothing unifies people in a country more than a war. Right. And that's not... 
So Healthy. you and I talked about this before the show, I, I, and I asked you, I said, do you think, are you that skeptical now uh, of an American? Because uh, I feel like I am pretty skeptical these days. Do you think he would risk... Uh, well, he yes, uh, like yeah, <laughs> yes. You know where I'm going. Yeah, would would, would, he, would yeah. he risk you know r saber rattling and getting us potentially involved in a war of words that might lead to a larger escalation with as you know if there's a spark or a misunderstanding? Do you think he'd risk that to rally Americans around this administration for yes. political purposes? Yes, these people are politi politicians first and foremost. It's all that matters. Uh, Robert Greene, the great Robert Greene, you got to read all of his books, 48 Laws of Power, all the rest. He makes a couple of different, many different points, but one of them is uh, you must unify your group. Now, for him, that could be the Democratic Party. He's at a fundraiser or it could be America. He's the president. You must unify the group with a glorious cause, something equivalent to the promised land. And if you don't, then you're group is going to split into factions. He's tried to do that in his presidency, like as the grand uniter of a, and the grand, like the visionary guy, and it hasn't worked. So the next best thing, there's nothing that unifies more than a common enemy. And why can't he be the guy to save the world uh, against this horrible dictator and prevent uh, nuclear Armageddon and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's his way to unify. And that's... Uh, Sad. So you're thinking that they tried to make Trump the enemy. They tried to make the uh, insurrectionists yes. uh, on January 6th the yes. enemy. That didn't work. Trump didn't work. Uh, they, they tried to make the oil industry the enemy. Or, <laughs> right, they tried to make Putin the enemy. Uh, so now the only thing left is Putin's potential use of nuclear weapons. Yeah. And we've got to go to war to yeah. stop him from doing it. Well, that. not only do we have to go to war, but we have to unify around the president. All right, let's talk a little bit about this because uh, this is unsettling. And I want to end on a settled note because we have a fantastic weekend ahead. Uh, and the Padres so we'll, are up 7 nothing. And the Padres are up 7 nothing against the Mets in the first of the three-game series. Oh, what's that in the air? It's a, it's a long drive. No, it's a nuclear weapon. See you later. Right. <laughs> With the fans at City, uh, City, City Field, you yeah. notice <laughs> an ICBM flying over them right now. And the third homer makes it six nothing San Diego. All right, so I got that's the third home run, and then uh, and then this happens. Machado trying to add on, races this to left. Will it stay high enough? It does. Another home run by the Padres. The fourth allowed by Scherzer. Seven nothing San Diego. Manny Machado smacks one out of the pot. I, wow, the, very the, exciting the, night. Are, they're booing that. That's great. To make the uh, Mets fans boo, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, not a good night for the Mets, uh, but a fantastic night for the Padres so far. By the way, it's, what are we, in the bottom of the fifth? My goodness. Well, they could still lose it. Too, let's be real. Yeah, it's, it's, it could still lose. Uh, but it's uh, certainly been an exciting day, and uh, a lot of folks are uh, uh, headed on down. If you want to join all of our uh, our crew that's uh, at uh, San Diego Sports 760 at Fair Play in North Park, that's where they're all yelling and screaming, and where I will be in just a 
a few short moments, dude, because uh, uh, Fletch and the Jim Russell have my uh, my blue moon sitting there, all nice and cold on the bar. Back to uh, the world's coming to an end. Do you think I'm wrong that it is within the realm of possibility that Joe Biden is in an effort to unify the country around him in a midterm election that he would amplify the risk of war? Well, it is certainly irresponsible. It is uh, so. I don't know. It, it seems really, really dumb. For the president of the United States, the leader of the, th of the free world and the country with the largest nuclear arsenal that has been talking about mutual assured destruction as a matter of policy for 60 years to suggest that if short range or you know, mid range nuclear weapons are used in Ukraine, that the United States would strike back militarily, launching an all out nuclear war. It, it seems really irresponsible because yeah, I'll tell you right now. I would not be surprised if a short-range nuclear weapon was used in Ukraine by by the Russians. Yeah, of course, of course it will. Well, I, I think mean, we should all count on that happening. So, but, so that means I've got to go to war now, and, yes. and we have to, and we, I've got to incinerate major cities in the United States. Yeah, these people are are war hawks. They love it. Listen, the next guest, Mark Larson's next guest, is John Bolton. All right, John Bolton. One of the reasons I got into radio. Right, I, I respect for John. Bolton. He's a war hawk. He is. We must go to war all the time. This is these yeah. people are. And they, no, I know, and I, they've look, always I worked, been that way. I worked people. for John McCain's presidential campaign. McCain was the same way. He was always all in every single time. We were constantly the policemen of the world. He thought it was the duty of the United States to be taking a look at every corner of the world and where there was injustice in any way, we should use military force to end the injustice. Wow, which is, that's listen. I used to have that mindset, and then. We just went through 20 years of Iraq and Afghanistan. It's like, well, let's rethink some things here. Right. I don't think it's a sign of, of American weakness for America to do our best to encourage the rest of the world to behave, but lead by example and take care of business at home. I, I don't think that is isolationism. I don't think we're pulling back. I don't think of any of those things. I, I, I don't think our internationalism has helped. How long have we been paying for a, a military base in Stuttgart, Germany? Right? How long have, have, do we have, have we been paying for military bases in Turkey? How long have we had military bases in every, you know, every, all over the world? We have, we, have, we have troops getting combat pay right now monitoring the demilitarized zone between North Korea and South Korea. Yeah. Is that stopping the North Koreans from launching you know, uh, missiles over Japan or acting belligerently? It's not, it, it's not worth it. It's not paying off by us having this international footprint. It's not doing anything. Putin invaded Ukraine. It wasn't he afraid of the of 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 all our, all our bases in Germany and our bases in Turkey? There's a book. He wasn't. By, yeah, I'm with him. There's a book by Ryan Holiday. It's called Stillness is Key. I got it in front of me right now, and part of it is about JFK during the Cuban Missile Crisis and how the whole the CIA who encouraged him to do the Bay of Pigs invasion, which failed, uh, were pushing him for more intervention, more aggressiveness. You got to come out. You got to. And he did the opposite. He read. He said it says he read a book called The Guns of August about the beginning of World War One, which imprinted on his mind the image of overconfident world leaders rushing their way into a conflict that once started they couldn't stop. And the whole the rest of this chapter is about how he what he did, including long chats with the gardener of the White House, uh, to to calm, be calm, and slow things down, and not act like the war hawks wanted him to act right and that's the danger words matter uh by the way european leaders are encouraging biden to turn down the rhetoric uh really? the french uh, french president uh, macron said it's cr uh, critical crucial to speak with care 
with respect to nuclear threat. Yeah, just say, oh, said, nuclear Armageddon, never been closer. Like, jeez, man. Right. He's, his, his Macron, he says, I've always refused to engage in political fiction, and especially when speaking of nuclear weapons. He said, on this, in this issue, you must be very, very careful. And saying that it is assured there will be nuclear Armageddon if Biden even thinks about new, using <laughs> tactical weapons of nuclear kind in Ukraine is not toning down the rhetoric. No. Well, listen, remember it was uh, Obama's and Joe Biden's uh, Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, said in his book that Joe Biden has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. <sighs> That's our guy. Beautiful. That's well, look, here's the problem. Here's the he, he's not going away anytime soon. The Russians are not going to leave Ukraine. Uh, uh, you know, so th that that little that real war will continue to go on, and the president is going to have to either walk back these words and mm. look foolish, yep. or stand by them. In which case, he has upped the ante, and we're back in a cold war with Russia. Yeah, I fear. And Ukraine's the tripwire. Can you believe it? Stupid Ukraine. Don't even know, point to on a map. I just hate it because you have all these genius people there, right? Including Biden, who's been the first. Moses told the Israelites, he said, "Choose your wise, understanding, and experienced men to lead." Uh, the groups wise understanding and experience that's not about knowledge it's about wisdom and i just fear that we don't have anyone with wisdom in washington dc well the best we can hope for is an election in a couple of weeks to at least change parties in the congress to at least put a halt on all this he can't take us to war without money and congress controls the purse yeah let's hope um thanks lou we got have a great uh, weekend man yeah man you too brother